Hello and welcome to Public Access America. This is Just the Tip. Hey everybody, this is Jason from Public Access America, and I literally just finished the live stream recording that we do on YouTube every Sunday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, over on Public Access America. And I noticed that our conversations lead to disagreements and opinions and consensus, but the cool thing is is that you get to go back and listen to the math of our conversation to see how we got to where we got to. And by listening to open diverse perspective podcasts like ours and the podcasts we support, you get to learn how to be a part of that. What I'd like you to do is ask your conservative broadcasters and media, how did they get to their opinions? Where is the math for their logic? Thanks for listening. It's time now for something positive. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. Problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience. conscience. Because that is how it works. This is the beginning, it is not the finale, and that's why we're here, and that's why we rally, 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 rally. We've got to be that creative minority, creative minority, creative minority. Find a way to get in the way. I got in trouble. It was good trouble. It was necessary trouble. Frankly, I know we've got to do something. Oh, I like that shirt. Holy shit. Yeah. I just saw it as I was moving across the screen. Uh, it's one of my favorites. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Public Access America. He's Jeffrey. I'm Jason. And we get together once a week to talk about the week. I want to say thank you to Kai for complimenting us on our audio quality and for helping us make the theme song. And I wanted to say we had a new Inspirations Beyond Disabilities up uh, with Sadie Taylor, Sadie the Blind Lady. And uh, she reached out to us. She's making a website and she wanted more content for it. So we made an episode with her and she's kind of cool. So hopefully we get her on this show. How are you doing, Jeffrey? Oh, well, I'm hoping that my weeks of insanity are coming to an end soon, but who knows? Uh, yeah, well, this, uh, this last week was like the, the hardest. Of oh, it. it was, sorry. I mean, it is what it is. You know, mm. uh, the great, the great resignation has, you know, left a lot of positions open, yeah. you know, for better or worse. And, you know, uh, given the way the economy is sitting, you know, the way that people are able to, you know, with inflation being what it is, part-time positions aren't as desirable as full-time positions mm-hmm. unless those part-time positions pay really well. Yeah. 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 I can only go from the experience around me and I know my roommates had four jobs in the last um, eight months. And that's simply because the jobs just weren't what he thought they would be. He went to uh, go sell Harley's great job, right? They want you to make 30, 30 phone calls and like, hundred emails a day and you have to pester people that walk in and you have to like scam them to get them to the, and he just didn't like that. And it's, and like Home Depot was the same, it was great, but management didn't understand that they were there to take care of employees. They think they're there to take care of their bosses. So the system's just mm. ass backwards and it leaves all of the people that need money filling in. And I got to tell you, I don't mm-hmm. even work in this week was like a, a tractor pull on my soul. You know, I can't imagine having a right. full schedule and kids and like family and partners and all of that. I feel, I just, you're one of my, you're one of my best friends and I don't want that for you. So I feel bad. You know, you know this is the thing, like Debbie and I, we were talking about this, you know, and just the, the stress of having to, you know, do the thing constantly. Mm-hmm. And it's like. You, you you do have that question pop up. At what point do you sit down and go, humanity wasn't meant to live like this? Right. I mean, I don't I you don't know. know how people what people without diabetes think diabetes is. It's tough, man. It's just trying to either be way too tired or way too wired and trying to balance that 
according to food that you can't afford is just utterly ridiculous. The food, mm -hmm. I ate celery, cauliflower, and homemade hummus for dinner. That's what I had to eat because when I had shredded mini wheats, it jacked my sugars up 200 and I couldn't get them down for two days, you know? And mm -hmm. fuck, they finally, they fell last night and now they're back up again today. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't, it's, yeah. life is such a struggle in ways that I don't think like people understand, like, I don't know, people that don't have these problems, people that have maids and butlers and people to do things for them, you know, like we don't have all that. It, we can't just put our lives on somebody else's plate so that we can survive, well, you know? Well, I mean, you think about it, we used to have a mechanism of doing all of this. Think real hard, but go old school. Shit, I don't know. <laughs> we used to only have one working spouse. That's true. Yeah, that's true. You know, one person took care of the household needs, the other one took care of the income. And that's all there was. Wow. You know, and some people are able to do that still, and some people aren't. And Ooh. it's difficult, you know. Yeah. You, especially like when you look at the amount of debt that modern America has. Like you know, Debbie and I paid off our credit cards. We we have zero credit card debt for the first time in well, for me the first time in uh, since 2014, and for Debbie I don't even know how long it's been, yeah. but the zero credit card debt. You know, like I can I can afford I can afford to put something on my credit card and then turn around and immediately pay it off. <laughs> that's scary. Like, that's a first. But unfortunately, now I have you know over a hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt I have to deal yeah. with. Because I needed to have an advanced education to make the money that I can to, you know, it's just this, it's, it's been the cycle. And, and, you know, some people are like, well, you know, if you became a doctor, you'd be, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'd be a half a million dollars in debt and I would just die fucking broke. Right. Somebody said to me, yes, my, my husband and I worked really hard. We went through school. We collected a lot of student debt we spent the next 20 years paying it off. So do I want other people to have their um, debt relieved? Yes, because nobody should go through that. <laughs> and That's, I like that. I really like that idea. A rape victim wouldn't hope everybody else gets raped to normalize it, right? They would want rape ended. And that's how I feel about the scam that is debt in America. Somebody said, and it really hit me, Republicans feel the way to control inflation is to make people poorer. So they have less to spend, right? And Democrats want to give everybody a little more money so they can afford life better. <laughs> and that really hit me, you know what I mean? You know, and, and it's, it's, it's a weird balance. Like Republicans, what they used to be. Republicans used to be uh, of the mindset that, you know, they wanted to give Americans more money by removing taxes from their from their life well, from their that's from what it their used bosses to be. too right yeah that's what it, well even even individually like you know some of the tax cuts that you know some you know i was there with you know with the bush tax cuts i was there mm -hmm. you know with the trump tax cuts and arguably there were some pieces of it that worked there really were um but there were also a lot of pieces of it that just didn't work. Yeah. And the same gets said with, with the Democrats. The Democrats, what they want to do is they want to increase safety and regulation. And what that does is that ends up costing a lot in terms of tax money. Mm -hmm. But you end up getting stability that you, you don't end up on this wild ride of up and down. And am I, you know, you know, am I boom or bust? Right. It just kind of peters out a little bit. And, and so it's, it's just kind of like this weird juxtaposition that we end up swinging back and forth between rapid growth and expansion and, and just yeah, damn busting, you know, economic fallout versus stale, uh, stagnation, uh, inflation and just general lack of anything happening. It's like, we kind of end up in this weird triangle of fiscal responsibility, stagnation, and opportunity, and you only get to pick two. Right. The idea, and the so, idea is to hold the people back from the opportunities till the people that have money can create how to make it into a scam. So it's it's just kind of like this weird and wild circular path. It's like, 
you know, we end up, you know, the thing about the Obama years, the Obama years weren't terrible. They weren't great either. Everybody wants to sit down and go, Obama was such a great president. Eh, I'd give him a C grade. He wasn't great. He wasn't terrible. Right. It wasn't like nothing amazing happened. Nothing really terrible happened. Like the biggest issue that we had was number one, healthcare costs shot up like crazy. I don't think the Affordable Care Act worked the way that anybody wanted it to. It still doesn't. Mm -mm. And on top of that, you ended up, you know, I know that the, the economic side of things, you know, Obama inherited a shit show. Let's be real honest about it. And, and everybody wants to well, Obama and his low, you know, yeah, he inherited that from the previous administration. Uh-huh. That's just the way that just it like is. Just like Trump inherited but, his economics from Obama. That's the way it works. Yeah. And so, you know, you know, for, for Obama, he had to try and create stability in a time of great instability. And it took a significant amount of time for a lot of those, those groups that got bailouts in order to get stable again. But then once things got stable, there really wasn't any policy that helped push growth. It was just kind of deadlocked. Well, nothing happened from the cars. We went to the banks, you know what I mean? To the housing market. Well, the cars, the the cars, the banks, the housing market was all at the same time. Yeah. But the housing market was under Bush, but then the cars were during Obama's beginning. And then the banks were towards right when he fixed the ACA. And then he got the, the car manufacturers under control. Then the banks blew up. It was a tough, it was a tough time for Obama, you know? Yeah, (laughs) but by, yeah, it was. And that, all of that was during his first term. Let's be real clear. All of that happened during his first term. And you're right. They did nothing to prevent all of that from happening again. Now, during his second term is when you arguably like, you know, Obama's president, you can go for broke and try and, you know, get some stuff going. Granted, he was up against a a majority, you know, Republican Senate and House that wasn't going to help, you know, do anything. But I would also thing called the Tea Party, which was obstructionist. Yeah. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, it was, you know, cut off America's nose to spite its face Mm -hmm. and then come in and say, we have the answers. And, you know, and, you know, that's where there was this chance, there was this opportunity to try and create growth and it just never happened, you know, and that's, and I would argue that, you know, round 2012 is where we settled into this idea of it's my party's way or it's no way at all. Yeah. And that's, and that's where we're at today. And, and it's not just the Republicans that do it. It's the Democrats that do it too. I agree. I just don't like a lot of the false equivalencies, but I can tell you that like there's just as much of um complaining within the Democratic Party as there is in the Republican Party. Like the Republican Party seems diverse because of the way it's it's the Tea Party, it's America first, it's conservatives, it's moderates. There is no such thing as a progressive like Republican, right? But there's a progressive Democrat and then there's moderate Democrats and then there's the conservative Democrats. There's these factions, but they don't actually have legitimacy. It's not like they're their own parties. The independents don't have a portion of control to break up the split between halves. There's nothing like France. France didn't go more radical because within the Republicans, there's four parties, right? And those parties Mm -hmm. jockey, jockey for seats proportional representation as do like the Mm -hmm. left and so there's different versions like israel too you can't form a government unless your factions all get the seats that they got in the election right and then if those factions equal up to to support the president that's what happens we don't have that it's you either get ford or dodge you know and there is no other way for you to go and it just kind of it kind of sucks when the the party you support doesn't listen to you like i you you're telling us what the problems are republicans and democrats they're both telling us what mm-hmm. the problems are but they're not hearing what we're saying to them and so like mm-hmm. a ron DeSantis, ivanka trump donald trump they're all sitting in little bubbles in florida thinking they're kings but once they step out of that bubble and see what reality is Like Elon Musk, you're on your ivory tower. You didn't know what reality was. And now it's hitting you a little bit in the face, just a little bit, (laughs) you know? 
Right. And that's the problem. It's everything's backwards. Everything is working mm -hmm. backwards. Even the school system, the way I think about it, you know, we used to have mm -hmm. art. We used to have music. We used to have break times for our minds to imagine. And we just don't, the kids don't get that anymore. It's all, no. it's all, what, is, what do they call that core education or whatever it is? I don't even know what you can really call it anymore. It's 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 a it's really wild. It's housing it's and housing kids at a cost in a cost effective way. In in yeah yeah kind of I would say because uh, a lot of the times you just end up with a bunch of administration and it's like I don't even know why we have so many why we have so much administration right. when when the issues at hand are more about you know our kids you know getting adequate food when they're at school our yeah. kids getting you know adequate number you know student to teacher ratio like i would honestly be curious what the admin to student ratio looks like in certain areas i agree because because i guarantee you it's like it's you know for example i'm gonna pick on florida like somebody went through all of these fucking math uh -huh. books to find out if there was woke math and i'm going Man, all I know is is that I had like the same math books like from the nineteen fucking eighties. Like nothing changed. Right, but but there is a and, there is a question like if if a person was three fifths of a person and you had forty people, how many people would that be? <laughs> like it's it's acknowledging that slavery existed without tackling the issue, and he had a problem with that. Well, two people, two reviewers out of the I think twelve that reviewed books found two examples that they had an issue with that nobody else had an issue with. And that's and 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 that's the problem mm -hmm. is is that. You know, you can you can copy that across the board. So you got two people out of twelve that have an issue. So those two people are going to change it for everybody. Right. And that's I would argue that's what the Republican Party looks like right now. Yeah. A couple of people have an issue. They're being the the most vocal and the most bonkers. And and rather than the rest of the party going, you know what? Shut up. This is fucking dumb. Yeah. They're like, you know what? Fuck it. We'll just let them run with it, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> I think I think Republicans are like, this is out of control. People have way too many rights. Let's gather all of the rights under our tent and then we will disperse them the way we believe we need to disperse them. You know, like Joe Manchin Ooh. said, this Women Protection Act was too expansive. And that blew my mind because how much is too much of a right? You're giving women 70% of their rights. That's too much. 80%. Is that too much? What, how much is acceptable like why are we negotiating women's rights like that and why is it joe fucking mansion one guy one man in the whole democratic party saying no i know best women you don't know what you're trying to get i'll tell you what you need what the fuck stay out of it joe <laughs> you know? or my personal favorite um that i was actually just reading right before i got on is uh the oklahoma governor warning the tribes not to create abortion havens in the state of oklahoma wow i'm going that's not a real good look if you know anything about, you know, treaty rights between the U.S. government and, and uh, the tribes and telling them what they can and can't do on their own land is, um, well, um, that's, that's a decision that you've made. And, yeah. and so, you know what, it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, I just, I don't understand they, they like, don't ha why politics is in this current state that it is. Because it is they're not, mixing. They're, not mixing. they're sitting within groups of like 10 like-minded people in an echo chamber. So when, when the governor of Alabama or Mississippi or Louisiana says, we're going to deny all trans people their rights because it's gross. They go back into their meeting and everybody gives them a high five and goes, yeah, you're right. But the problem is, is that there's like what? 40 million other Oklahomans that don't feel that way, that aren't involved in the conversations that lead them to that radical point. Like we sit here every day and we do the math of our conversation. How did we get to this? How did we get here? Mm -hmm. Well, you can listen and hear how we got to the point we got to, but Republicans don't do that. They sit in their little meetings and go, okay, okay. And they get more radical and bounce things off like we do. And then they reach a point of racism makes sense. <laughs> it's like, no, they come doesn't. up with some of these absolutely bonkers scenarios yeah. and boogeymen out but there and it's like there. but they get there how did they get there they don't tell us how they got there 
Well, and that's, you know, like, like, for example, uh, you know, with this investigating whether or not, you know, helping kids get trans affirming care is child abuse. Like, I'm sitting here going, so what you're telling me is, is that there is a child and the parents have to be involved. They're having a conversation and they're coming to the conclusion that this, this care is necessary. So they go seek out a doctor, right. a doctor who is accredited by, you know, whatever boards ha- they have to be accredited uh-huh. by. They are licensed, insured, educated, all of this. They have a conversation. They have very, very, very strict uh, rules on how they can and can't proceed in these, in these sort of uh, scenarios. Like um, great interview was out there about how like, over a series of like a year's worth of meetings, you know, if there's ever a, any sort of inkling that, you know, this person might be waffling on whether or not they you know want this care, yeah, you know, they have to say no. Like that's yeah. the that's the rule that they have to follow. And so all of this to say that, you know, there have been all of these quote unquote, you know, freedoms of choice and all of this time spent investigating whether or not this is an actual thing. And these states are going, no, you're not free to choose. And I don't understand that. I don't understand the threat that a trans person poses to the country. Well, that's And that's the thing is like, like it's not even, you know, I just, I want to make myself clear. It's not about choosing to be trans. Let's, let's, oh, let's no, make you're sure not that we understand that trans. No, it's, it's that, it's that choice of going through all of these different, you know, you know, talking with your parents and, and coming to that, you yeah. know, consensus talking to healthcare professionals going through that consensus like it's a that's an active choice that you know a person has to make to go through to all these hoops in order to get to you know gender affirming care of course the way i liken it to right now is imagine being in pain your whole life like just this agonizing pain and then a doctor says i can relieve that pain because the pain isn't who you are and he gives you treatment and you're not in pain anymore and you're free to be happy and stuff Uh, people that want to transition they're in pain they're they're in agony because they don't match what they feel doesn't match what they show and they don't it's it's so irritating it's like having an itch you can't get at it's just you want to be yourself and i don't understand why people care why people i don't understand why texas feels they need to get involved in a young child's um now, search and and that's and that's the biggest problem is is that you know when you look at parties uh, they're like these are the rights that you're going to get to have and the thing is is that you know when you look at the way that the republican party is pushing it's it's on things that you know it doesn't make any sense right. because you know, this is the same group of people that says, you know, being gay is a choice. So when somebody chooses some quote unquote, chooses something, then they, then they immediately flat, you know, they sit down and they go, Oh, freedom of choice, freedom of choice, freedom of choice. The moment they quote unquote choose, because that's how they view it. Suddenly it's the wrong choice. Like it's bad. And it's like, no, that's, that's not how you, you, platform they don't understand this yeah because i want i want a life where i'm hated to 40 by 60 percent of the country all of the time like nobody yeah, chooses who the fuck that? is choosing yeah nobody nobody chooses to live life on hard mode like right that. and guess what it's it's our opportunity to do that my friend asked me that she said my daughter told me she's thinking about transitioning and i she said what do i do i said you support her because either she'll mm-hmm. save her money and make that what she wants to do or she'll phase out and think that maybe she's just non-binary maybe the more opportunities she has to be free and dress like how she wants to dress and eat how she wants to dress and cut her hair the way she wants to cut her hair she'll find an equilibrium that doesn't mean um transitioning or maybe she'll feel so strongly about it that she'll save up her money you can also help her financially get there but you don't have to make that decision at all it's her decision it's the child's decision to make right until it affects the parent in some way monetarily or i could see a parent going you understand that might be a difficult road to travel but i'm here for you you know <laughs> well and that's exactly it's like you know you support your kids in in their journey yeah. and you don't you, this is one of those things where you know 
you may not fully understand it. Fuck, I'll, I'll never fully understand it. It's just not mine to understand. I don't have to. How right? I don't have to. I just have to support them because I because exactly. I love and, them because I love them. And and you just you know as a parent, you also have to make it very clear like what your limitations of support are. And I'm not saying like you know like when I say limitations of support, I'm not saying, you know, this is, this is all that I'm willing to accept. It's more like, this is all that I can afford. Right. I have two jobs. You I know, can't take on another job to help you pay for that, but I will definitely and, be there to support you with rides and, and right. everything else. Right. And that's, and that's the tough part because, you know, as a parent, you want to help, you know, your kid uh -huh. get, you know, the care that they need, but you also have to live within the confines of the way that the current system works. And the current system is, is that in most cases, gender affirming care is considered elective. And so you're, you're not getting coverage for this. Right. Stuff. You're, you're paying out of pocket. Right. So, and then, and it is highly dependent on where you're at too. And it's highly dependent on the plan that you have. And it's highly dependent on any number of different things. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's a rough, it's a rough road when somebody just, you know, when somebody decides they want to seek that care, mm -hmm. but then you have like, like everything else, you have an entire deck of cards stacked against you in order to, you know, make it through <laughs> to get to whatever your, you know, what your desired outcome is. I yeah, reason number 110,361 why the medical system currently is in a fucking mess. You know, the fact that you have political parties deciding what healthcare professionals do is just absolutely insane to right. me. Right. Could you imagine if could you imagine if the role was reversed doctors doctors had to tell politicians what they could and couldn't do in in the political realm not not even just like imagine somebody who's a you know imagine somebody who's literally just a heart you know who's a heart surgeon their specialty is heart surgery yeah. and they go into politics and say no now here's how you need to do roads and bridges and they know nothing about roads and oh bridges. hi Rand paul how are you doing i didn't see you there He's a fucking optimist. <laughs> he's a doctor. I'm like, he's a fucking eye doctor. And he obviously knows more about foreign foreign wars and, and all that than we think about Rand God. the thing about Rand Paul is is that I don't know what his schedule looks like, but I'm pretty sure it's you know, every day his brain calls in with anal glaucoma because his brain just definitely is not seeing his ass come into work today. It's just not it. Yeah. Like it's like his like his body shows up and his brain's like yeah fuck it I'm gonna flip the switch off and I'm just gonna just <laughs> whatever comes out is what you get well whatever fuck whatever you. the Kremlin readout says is what he does I think him and Ron Johnson should just start form the <sighs> Communist Party and get it over with you know what I mean it's it's just so fucking wild like and, and then but he's a doctor he's a doctor yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, because I'm totally going to go to an eye doctor for a discussion on trans care, women's yeah, health care, right. trans health care, whether or not I should get a fucking vasectomy or whether or not I have colon right. cancer. You know, that made, he's a fucking eye doctor. That made me Jesus think about something. You want, you want women to have more babies for some reason, and you don't want to make an economy that benefit you want to keep people poorer to stunt inflation but if you keep us poorer we don't have the money to have more babies <laughs> it's your economic decisions that cause the the amount of abortions if we could if jeffrey could sit at home all day and have babies while Devi went to work at one job and made a living wage, maybe they'd have more kids. Maybe I would have had more kids if I wasn't fucking stuck making literally nothing and busting my ass 60 hours a week, you know? So, that was, and that went with the Joe Manchin. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> and that's, and well, and that's the other thing is, you know, the Republican party's like, oh, you know, buy all these luxury goods, buy all these luxury How? goods. You don't, you don't, you know, you, when you have one person that's an earner right? and you have a number of kids, luxury goods are not what's going to happen. No, your kid is You're the luxury have, good. <laughs> right. It's like, you know, why do you think, you know, the fifties and sixties look the way that it did? Yeah. You know, people are like, oh, you know, go out and buy things, video game consoles, TVs, all these other things. It's like, mm -hmm. it's like, I understand why my mom only had one TV. 
I understand why, you know, everything that they did was play outside with make the right because you can't fucking afford all of these different things. <laughs> and, you know, at the time means of production was very limited. So, yeah. you know, having one TV was a fucking luxury. I get and it. Theft, theft now, was out of the question back then too, by the way, nobody went over to their neighbor's yard and stole like metal. So go recycle it. You know what I mean? It's like, that wasn't how the world worked. Scams weren't rampant. You know, you could live your life. Mm -hmm. Like if you earn $2,000, you knew you had $2,000. It's not like it was going to be chipped away with fees and tricks and, you know, weird things right. that suddenly happen. Oh, your property taxes are being raised by 25%. Why? Well, because the governor hates Disney. Damn. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I just bought a house here. <laughs> well, and that's, and that's one of those things too. It's like, everybody sits down and they, and they think that, you know, okay, I'm finally, you know, this party is finally going to get it right. And no, they don't, no. they really don't. Mm -mm. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's why I tell people, welcome to why I'm a libertarian. It's like, I've sat down and I've watched as both of these main parties just, you know, are there good things that they can do at times? Sure. Yep. Absolutely. But for the, by the vast majority of things that they do, I either end up dealing with people trying to turn my country into a theocratic uh, society, or I deal with them trying to legislate me into, you know, having to ask daddy government if I can breathe. Right. And, and it, neither of those things work for me. Mm -mm. I was thinking it's about like, it with education and you made me bring that back. The thing about, our education system is kids would get more use out of just doc got documentaries playing on the wall. But the point of it, when you said teacher to student ratio, it made me think there's kids that learn a little differently. They need, they need that musical program in their day so that they can imagine the solutions that they had to ponder in their first classes, right? But then there's folks like you or Dan, maybe you don't need the music as much because you are more scientific. You need more of a biology, a chemistry. You need that sort of stimulation. And then there's other kids. They're like, I need to get to gym. I want to play basketball. I want to play football. I want to move because it's the exercise that gives me the endorphins mm -hmm. that make me imagine solutions. And so every kid's different. And we can't just shove them in a box and, and throw rabbit food into it and say, survive. That's, that's, that's a horrible way for our edu educational system to be. And you can't throw a bunch of homework at them afterwards and expect them to be happy and healthy. Yeah. You you're know? not teaching them how to I, process the answers. I asked, I asked, I asked my mom, you know, cause I wanted the answer, you know, what did homework look like for yeah. you when you were a kid? Right. How much homework did you come home with? 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. I'm like, per class and my mom was like what no, no. for for every class right total. you were given time in the class to do the homework and you had study halls uh-huh and lunch and friends yeah. yeah so you know you had the opportunity to get stuff done so that way if you did have any sort of homework it was very minimal right and that's the problem is, is that, you know, you have kids that are literally going to school in my, you know, in my kid's case, going from school to from 7 a.m. until um three you know three thirty yeah. and then after that they can have anywhere from you know 30 minutes to three hours worth of homework to do at the end of the day and that's think about that you mm -hmm. know and then you're telling so then what ends up happening is is that all of those kids who now have spent all of their time doing their homework now have to eat try and find you know something to unwind right. with and they wonder why kids are staying up until fucking midnight, one o'clock in the morning with their friends and then getting up at six o'clock to do it again the next and day. And why they're so stressed and why there's school shootings and why there's anxiety and autism and, and all of this stuff rampant in our schools and ADHD. It's because of the pressure we put on our kids. The the autism and the ADHD I wouldn't put towards that. Well, but can I, I would say let's that say that it's, it's there's there's a lot of pressure yeah. because they don't know how to teach kids on the that spectrum, stuff or they don't know how to work with kids that are on the spectrum. pressure pressure reveals sometimes things that aren't that are you can handle certain things you can hide certain things you can mask certain things but pressure puts you on the spot and when it's noticed in school it should be noticed in school but somebody with autism that's homeschooled that can step away from things you might re not really notice it as much as all i'm trying to say you know 
school that's, reveals things, pressure, uh, peer peer well, pressures I mean, and academic pressures that just puts such a stress on you. I could see why you could form or why where it could increase these things. You know what I mean? Well, it's it's overstimulation yeah. is what it is. You don't have you yeah, know, you don't have don't, the time to decompress from it. So when you're at a ten you don't have to, and go back to an eleven and then back and relax at a nine, you're yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, we, we'll yeah, yeah. I don't th- I so, don't think I don't think those things are created out of pressure, but I, I no, think no, people no. have these tendencies naturally that can be made better or worse through care or pressure. Well, I think you know, it goes to that point of, you know, when you look at overstimulus, uh, overstimulus, overstimulation, uh, you just you start to see more of these problems come to the surface. Uh-huh. And so then the question is, you know, are are people being stimulated too much with school? Is there too much going on that kids are not able to, you know, actually develop yeah. healthy habits? You know, you think about it; it's like the pressure for kids to do any number of different topics you know, prior to graduating, you know, even for me 10 years ago, not even 20 years ago now, actually doing things like trigonometry and chemistry and physics were meant for people who were more advanced than you. And now, and now it's almost like you have to take this stuff Ah, just to graduate. And it's like, no, like as somebody who literally is a mathematician right who does data analysis who does you know tracking and trending who uses complex equations Uh to solve for problems no the vast you know like i love my i love my education in chemistry and physics i have never used it right and that's and there's and and that's the thing is is like I know enough about it now to where I can have conversations on it. But if you're trying to tell me that all kids need to learn those things, I'm going to tell you, no, they need to know the basics. Right. You know, we need to understand gravity and you need to understand, you know, how chemical reactions work just a little bit. Like, you know, fun fact, when you make toast, that's a chemical reaction. Ooh, ah, you know, things that baking soda is man-made. What? dihydrogen monoxide is not poison (laughs) right you know things like that you know enough to understand that people are going to use certain things to try and you know yeah just enough to understand what the basics are and how to look things up in a way that you know kids have these great tools at their at, at their fingertips now and we should be teaching them more about how to look things up. You know, one of the things that we always said in my master's program was, is that it's not that most of us were smarter than the average individual. It's that we just learned how to use Google better for the problems that we needed to solve. I needed my, I needed my friend to teach me how to search. I had no idea. I was typing paragraphs into the search bar because I was like, well, I want to know how to do this. And he was like, just use the keywords. You don't have to, you don't need to diagnose your engine on in the Google search bar, you just look up, you know, your engine number. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, like, yeah, you're yeah. right. And when I took math, it was consumer math. I had to learn how to balance a checkbook. But Jeffrey, I didn't know what the mm-hmm. fuck a checkbook was, you know? So it, it's the same as trigonometry. If I don't, don't have any basis in it, why would I understand it? Like, but the difference, you know, the difference there was, is that when you became an adult, yeah, I you used know, it. You were going to uh-huh. have a, you were going to use it, you know, now like my kid was sitting down here, like, what do you know about checkbooks? And I actually started laughing and I'm like, right. oh shit, they're still teaching this. Right. But, and, and like, that's the thing, like, wouldn't you rather have, instead of giving your kid three hours of homework, give your kid one hour of family time where you're all on your devices coming up with the, like my teacher wanted that wanted me to ask at the dinner table about trigonometry, what we all knew about it. And then we could all sit be the only one that would be able to answer, you know, or okay. Checkbooks. My, my, my teacher wanted me to ask the, you know, the table this, 
and your kids and that gives you something to talk about and then you can actually search together and be like oh here's a resource i found here's a resource i found instead of go to the encyclopedia here's the link here's the book here's the page read that memorize it and repeat it back to me so i know that you might remember it i think the family discussion mm -hmm. might be a better opportunity than homework you know what i mean yeah. Now, all right. I'm gonna. It's time to take something. To that would help here, parents got, too, as got, well. By the way, <laughs> I got I got something that that actually pisses me off. Uh oh. Cool. So, so uh, you know, after the leaked draft opinion had come out, a bunch of students across the country decided to stage a walkout um, on a particular day. Okay. Now, my kids informed me ahead of time, and you know, they informed they informed Debbie and I, and it's like. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. Let's, you know, let's go over some, let's go over some safety things just because, you know, this is a very heated topic, yeah. you know, and hopefully, you know, while, while I hope that you're safe protesting, you understand that there's any number of issues that can crop up, you know, make sure you got your phones fully charged, have your battery packed with, you know, they pack snacks, they have raincoats, they had any number of different things, <laughs> <Get millennials. laughs> you know, because you know, and a lot of this they did on their own. Yeah. They were just like, you know, what do you think about this? I'm like, ah, uh, you know, I wouldn't do that. Or, or what about this? No, that's actually a really good idea. You should definitely do yeah. that. And it's like they you know, go prepared. The biggest man, one, we just went high. <laughs> we just went high with a sign. You know, <laughs> get their parents supplies I mean, but, and stuff. That's so cool to me. But you know, but now you look at the. But that's the thing, though, is is that the way that the political climate is right now. The day of the days of just going high with a sign are just not a thing. I know because you have people that literally show up looking for a violent clash at these things. Like that's what they're hoping for. And yeah. I'm like, no, that's a terrible decision. Right. And so, and so, you know, my, my kids were like, we're walking out of school. Okay. You know, best of luck. Go, go do it. So they left and, uh, I get a message from the school saying that, you know, they have an unexcused absence. So I call to excuse the absence. I'm like, whatever, nice. it's not a big deal. They won't excuse the school won't excuse the absence. Oh, okay. And they won't excuse it because, well, we're a closed campus and without the parent checking the kids out and this, that, and the other, I'm like, I want you to, I want you to understand something very clearly. Number one, it's not like they, it's not like the kids were just leaving because they felt like going to the fucking grocery store to get a candy bar or, you know, that they were headed out to go get themselves high on drugs or, or do whatever weird, crazy thing that the school has painted this imaginary scenario to be. There is a very important issue to these kids that they felt that it was incumbent upon them to leave class and go to the state Capitol to actually protest you know, and there were hundreds of kids there, uh, and a bunch of other people that were there as well. And so when I called to excuse the absence, what I told the school was my kids, I'm excusing my kids for the day because they are out exercising their first amendment right to free speech and getting a firsthand lesson in government civics. And to me, that should be it. It's like they were exercising their first amendment right. right to free speech and they were getting a firsthand lesson in government civics. I like that. I mean, that's an educational moment is what it is. It really is an educational moment. And the school's like, no, unexcused. I went, okay, I'm sorry. What? So the school is telling me that they're not going to excuse it. Of course. Like, so here's the problem. Because you, Why are they you asking? followed the rules. You did everything they asked and then they changed a rule. Nope. They well, they inflated a rule and made it more important at that time. Well, and here's the problem: if I excuse the absence, they're contacting me saying, "Hey, your kid has an unexcused mm -hmm. absence. You know, please call in to excuse it." And I call excuse in to excuse it. it. That is not the school's. It should not be the school's decision to say, "No, we're not going exactly. to." Exactly. And if your kid, especially when I can prove that. If it's not, you know, for some type of doctor's appointment, mm -hmm. that it's actually for, I would call it an educational purpose. Yeah, a field trip. It literally is, is an unplanned field right. trip that has an absolute important purpose to not only, you know, mm -hmm. their lives with, with the legislative process that is unfolding before them, but also, you know, even just that firsthand experience of 
what does exercising my first amendment rights and look why like? do i need to do it what's the importance of it yeah but why why is it important to have that you know that education in government civics uh -huh. you know th that was a learning opportunity for those kids that whether or not you agree with the politics or why they checked out i mean doesn't matter well, yeah. the fact of the matter is is that this was this was like you know if you want kids if you want kids to come out of school informed and learning how yeah. systems work this was their first hand uh self-guided view of learning what that looks like. right and what you're telling them is that their first amendment right doesn't matter mm -hmm. because you have your own rules and, and i would argue that you are looking at the school infringing upon First Amendment rights, and because the school is a part of the government, government is not allowed to in, uh, infringe upon First Amendment rights. Let's, or punish. Let's put right? that out there. Punish, punish right. you for using. And it. so, and so, like that's a case that I'd be willing to take. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a case that I'd be willing to try and and, and deal with. Like, I don't view I don't view any harm that's going to come to my child you know, from them having one unexcused absence. Right. But I do not believe that when I excuse my kid because they are exercising their first amendment, right. That the government has any, uh, any reason to tell me, no, they're not going. Right. To and we're going to punish your kid because you're making a bad choice. And let me ask you something. I think it's a great if choice. If your child was the only child that day that left and they called and said, Hey, your child has an unexcused absence. And you were like, Oh no, you know, we, we had, we had a family matter, uh, somebody died or something, whatever the, the, would they be, would they, would they keep it an unexcused absence or would they understand? Was it the protest that made them mad? Was it the kids all walking out and they were like, we have to punish this so it doesn't happen again. Or was it in fact your child well, not being checked out properly? If your child was well, the only I, one that was checked out improperly, would they forgive that? Well, and, and here's what I can say is, is that, you know, I actually have one of my kids, they, you know, after a particularly rough day, uh, they had gone to uh, a couple of classes and then they went home. Um, and, uh, you know, because we had talked about it, it's like, hey, if, if you know, mentally you're not there, mm -hmm. you, know, you can go home and we'll excuse it. And the school had no problem excusing that. Right. That's my point. So, so the, so the issue then is, if your problem is that kids are going out to protest, then I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, you are infringing upon their first amendment right. rights. And do you really want to play that game? Now, do I think that that now they're going to argue, but that opens the door for any time that a kid wants to leave campus to say that they're exercising their first amendment rights. No, no, it doesn't going to a planned protest at the Capitol is first amendment yeah. period end of story going to the grocery store for a candy bar is not first amendment right and any judge is going to look at that and go no that's you skipping school that's truancy is what that but is. in fact your job as the school is in, to inform the parent right mm -hmm. and they did that now it's the parent's discretion on whether that it, that was a bad thing or a good thing right like right if okay my kid went to the store to get a candy bar and you know, cause they weren't feeling good. And then they went home cause they felt like shit. Well, guess what? They're a fucking diabetic and needed candy because they had low blood sugar. It's not up to you to judge my kids actions. It's up to me. Right. <laughs> and, and if I'm going to excuse it, right. Like, look, you know, look, if, if my kids were missing school every fucking day and I'm calling in to excuse it every, right. every day. Yeah, you have every right to come to my house and and you know mm -hmm. do a truancy. Talk check. to the parent Absolutely. and ask the parent, are you making wise choices, you know? Absolutely. But but when there's a specific event happening uh -huh. and there's a specific person uh, purpose and it is very much dedicated to a person's right to free mm -hmm. speech and on and and I would also argue uh, an excellent lesson that you can only get firsthand not in a government class. Agreed. This is something where, you know, the school needs to, any school needs to look at this and go, you know what? It's not our job to agree or disagree. Right. Our job is to say your kid was unexcused. If the parent is excusing them for this, great. Mm -hmm. Now, does that leave now for the parents that might not have, you know, been cool with their kid leaving? That's school? right. What does that do? Well, they, well, that's up to that's the parent. Up to the parent. And, 
And, and so, if, you know, if, you know, where I guarantee you, you're going to have a household where parents view, believe one set of things, kids believe another set of things. And, you know, the kid follows their beliefs. And then if the parent says, no, I'm not going to excuse that, that's up to the parent and the kid to then deal with their stuff together. That's right. Yeah. And you got to remember that at their age, this is largely performative. There's no violence to it. it there's no, I don't want to be a jerk, but they're learning, but it, there's no real meaning. You know what I mean? They, don't, they can't vote. Like politicians look at kids and they just go, shut up. You don't vote. Like, you know what I mean? They're, it's not like they're going to create any act. They're going to create awareness, which is good, but kids are pretty much performative. There's, there's no plan. I would, there's no Antifa the, plan to fucking like attack, you know, but here's, here's what I would say is, is that you, you can, you can say it's performative. Absolutely. Yeah. I would also say it's informative because oh, yeah, yeah, what yeah. happens, what happens is, is that when, when they, when they see that, you know, these peers are not going to listen to them mm -hmm. and what they value as important, those kids become voters yes. eventually. And when, when those kids see that this group of people isn't going to value mm -hmm. them, they are going to become voters that vote for things that you're not going to like right. period end of story. And guess what? it is your job to either, you know, help, sh you know, chauffeur them into the system in that regard, show them what this looks like, what is possible, yeah. or you can be a dickhead about it and they're going to form their own opinions and beliefs without your input and whether or not you agree with it, <clears throat> well, it becomes even less involved with you. Right. You will, you will just be there watching and observing the things that they do. It's, it's kind of like that ruling with an iron fist as a parent. You shouldn't be fucking surprised that when your kid finally leaves that they just go fucking crazy and walk. Wow, I was thinking about that about transgender rights and abortion rights. Try telling a kid, no, you can't. You can't even look into it. <laughs> you know, that's all they're going to do. And, you know, here's the other thing about these protests. There's no kid gloves for them. When when you're going to a protest, there's some dangers there that kids need to know about. So the parents should know these things ahead of time like your kids did. Like, mm -hmm. parents shouldn't overreact to what their kids are going to do anyway, but they should help them get through it like you did. There's kids that didn't tell their parents about this because they knew their parents Absolutely. would worry and a helicopter. But kids should know there's dangerous elements at every protest and it might get out of hand in a way that you didn't expect really fast, you know? And that's, you know, and that was, and, and my goal is, is like, look, my kids viewed this as very important to them. Great. How can I help? Is there anything I can do? Yeah. Right. And, and basically it's like, okay, you know, here's what I would recommend bringing along. Here's what I would recommend watching yeah. out for. Right. And if things get, if things suddenly turn heated and things get violent, right here is your plan of escape yes you know let's let's look at that pay attention like, luckily, pay attention early if people around you start yelling and pushing get out of there right like pay mm -hmm. attention to your surroundings that'll tell you where to go every time and guess what it was peaceful it dispersed it was. my kids literally messaged me one was like yeah i'm catching a ride you know back you know home on the bus with, you know, a couple other friends yeah. and the other's like, yeah, we're good. We're heading downtown to find some pizza. I'm like, cool. Right. What was the discussion like with you guys all when you got together? Did they talk, did you, did they talk about it with you and everything? They, they, they talked a little bit about right. it. Um, you know, they, you know, there, there was a bunch of different speakers. They, you know, got to listen to a lot of different messages, why, what they were doing was important, yeah. you know, and any number of things. And, you know, for kids to get that hands-on experience, that hands-on chance to learn something, it's absolutely incredible, yeah. you know, because this is one of those things where you don't really know how often you're going to get lessons like this. You don't really know how often you're going to deal with something that impacts you directly. Right. And it's important that if something drives you out to the streets to protest, that, you know, you exercise your first amendment rights and more importantly, explain what the first amendment does and doesn't cover. It's like, I'm sorry, first amendment rights, they cover the right to free speech. They don't cover violence. Right. It's like, I get it. Be pissed and smash out a bunch of windows. That's not that's not freedom of expression. Do they cover temporary chalk on a sidewalk? 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, see, I laughed at that. Yeah. Because because when they when they wrote in chalk outside of somebody's sidewalk Susan Collins uh <laughs> yep I was trying to think of who yeah. it was I actually laughed because you know Susan Collins acted all affronted yeah. here in Olympia they actually spray painted on yeah. on our for our on our mayor Cheryl, Cheryl Selby's house right and she's she's a democrat <laughs> and she called them fucking terrorists yeah yeah I was like Wow, there is a different brand of protesters <laughs> over there. You know, like somebody hit somebody like, tried comparing the protests in front of Alito's house to the pro Black Lives Matters protests, and I was like, "There's n- there's no comparison." Like, no. But then you think about Portland, and wow, like there's another brand Portland and Seattle. Yeah. Those were. But see, when I watched those protests, I watched journalists getting shot. Like I watched them getting peppered with fireworks and rubber bullets. And like, I didn't see a lot of protesters fighting. I saw a lot of them running or standing, you know, like I didn't see them attacking police until police decided to like fucking start pushing them. (laughs) So my version of it was different. And a lot of times I think that there's an element that goes to these things, like you said earlier, to cause trouble. I don't know who they are, but their idea is to make the protest look bad. And they do that in every minority sort of protest, you know, it's, and that's, I don't even know that it's, it's that their, their idea is to make the protest. I, I, I do think that there is that element, but I also do think that there's the element out there that they think that what they're doing is actually going to start a revolution. Ah, like all over the country, and, and we're going to burn down the right. rich man's stuff and leave. It doesn't work. Right. And, and, and like, this is one of those things where I can only, you know, from what I have read, from what I have watched, I can only look at things objectively from the lens that I have seen through history. Uh And that is, you know, the civil rights protests worked the way that they did because they weren't, there was violence, but there was only one party that was being right. And, and, and that group of people lost sympathy. That's right. That's what Gandhi knew. Let them beat you. Don't react. If you don't react, that shows the world that they're the tyrant. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yep. And so, and so that's what happened. That was, that was, that was what happened. But when you look at a lot of the other protests, when with the groups of people who didn't react, they did great things. Yes. You know, they, they, they really did uh, manage to start changing things. In an ethnic coalition too, by the way, it wasn't just black people. Like, even Al Frank, right. or, or what's his name, Reverend, for, what's his name, Sharpton, even Sharpton, Al Sharpton said thank you to all the white people, the disabled people, the Native American people, the Latino people. He said it was amazing, mm-hmm. the diversity that came out, the younger, the older. That was, that's, right. that was a really, it was a really, really great moment for America because of a really shitty fucking situation. But when you look at the places where things turned violent, you didn't see the same level of change. Okay. You didn't see the see you didn't see the same level of of positive forward movement. Because now instead of <clears throat> now instead of, you know, having just a bunch of cops pepper, you know, using pepper balls and flashbangs on a bunch of peaceful mm-hmm. protesters you had two parties that were arguably you know in some cases just as violent clash with each other i mean you look at what happened up you know with the east seattle police department where they tried to burn it down right I mean, that was a whole like, quadrant you know, they took over all protesters took that quadrant over of the city for months right for yeah for a couple months i want yeah. to say but then it petered of out of course it did because it became a lawless area mm-hmm. Because the only people with you know, time to do that are people without like lives, <laughs> you know. You know, it became a lawless. It, yeah. it, it became lawless in in that area, and I and I don't mean that like you know, sans police. What I mean is, all of these you know tenants that you know they had put in place for these occupied protests, mm-hmm. they all of their quote unquote rules fell apart, like. There was a lot of love initially. There was a lot of really great excitement, but then you started having, you know, people getting shot and stabbed yep. and robberies and all of that. 
and they would call the police to come try and deal with this. And the police were like, what? No, you told us you didn't want us. Right. There, so we're not going. And then there was a lot of shop o- owners that couldn't open their doors that lost businesses in that area. I pro- you need a plan. Like we go out and we rush out there because of a protest because of something, but nobody has the long-term plan other than to just yell and shout into the wind. And that, that sucks. You know, it, yeah. but there, that's the activist. Like I tell everybody, it takes everyone in the chain from Deja to us, to the activist, you know what I mean? The advocate right. to the activist, to the legislator. It takes all of us. Activists get the attention, but advocates tell you the message. And that's what we do. I think. And, and absolutely. And, and, and that's, you know, one of the biggest problems that you've seen consistently with large protests. Mm-hmm. You've, you've watched as, you know, Occupy Wall Street was a great idea. Wall Street was completely fucking things over. Right. But you watched it completely fall apart due to infighting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, rather than sticking to a strategic set of goals, it just fell apart. Yeah, they lose the goals because they didn't put any thought into what they wanted. They just wanted it to well, stop, they, right? And they just didn't know how well, to ask for it. Well, they wanted it to stop. And and that's that's a perfectly fine goal. Mm-hmm. But the problem was is then that what? they didn't they didn't even get that they started cha- they started moving the goal posts it's like well we want all of this and then you had competing ah. parties saying no we want this and that and then they just fracture 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 yep, fracture yep, yep. and nothing changed and you've started you started to see that with the protests from 2020 mm-hmm. but in some places things did change some changed because well yeah shit went sideways other places changed because they wanted to get ahead of issues like that and they you know they're like you know what there are some legitimate complaints here like why are you know why couldn't we just have someone who you know they're a police officer but they're a peace officer yeah they're going out there they're not doing anything other than you know trying to deal with things in a you know a civil community Mm man like how do we how do we get things fixed without fucking things community up. oversight with shooting commission without right? yeah exactly yeah. so you give the people in con- some subpoena ways power and you let them see the evidence and then they bring it right like the community the community panels like that if you give them subpoena powers they can actually make a difference so so in some places you actually saw change that didn't really get rocked by protests yeah. at all yeah yeah because they because they looked at what was happening across the country and they went you know what there are some valid things here that should be changed and let's let's make those changes before we have a problem ourselves yes because plan ahead or fall behind right or what i tell people is you can be compliant on your own volition and yeah it sucks that you're going to have to spend the money on it but you know it's it's either that or you become compliant based on penalties, right. whether that's lawsuits, whether that's the government coming in, whatever that looks like. You know, it is usually easier to change because you want yes. to than it is to change because you have to and now are being forced to pay out the nose. For it. And that's Jeffrey's Just the Tip. Thank you for listening to Public Access America. Find us anywhere you find your favorite podcast and... Check us out on YouTube, uh, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. We'll be back this Thursday with more great episodes. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. Ask not. Yes, we can. What your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. My poor little children. Yes, we can. One day live in a nation.
freedom where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. To public, to public access, access America. America. Yes, we can. Sunday live streams Sunday on live YouTube. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter, Twitter. Apple Podcasts, Podcast. Stitcher, Stitcher Smart Radio, Radio Public, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access public America. Access history America. in the making. Making history in the making. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.